Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Joe Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a good Sunday evening, everybody. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for tuning in. As usual, every Sunday between the wee hour of 7 and 8 p.m., we're here bringing everybody the best in health and wellness, making you better consumers of health care. I truly do want to keep you out of the doctor's office. That's okay. DrJoeGalati.com, DrJoeGalati.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can send me an email. All of our social media channels are there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Dr. Joe Galati is the location to go to. And if you want to get a copy of our book, Eating Yourself Sick, which a little later in the program, I know we gave one away last week. This week, stay tuned. I will alert you when to call our man Josh for a free copy of the book. He's behind the bulletproof glass here at KTRH. All right. And if you want to see me as a patient through our practice, Liver Specialist of Texas, we handle fatty liver, hepatitis, cirrhosis, colon cancer, liver cancer, liver transplant, and other digestive disorders. You can, uh, again, go to drjogalati.com. A little later, I'm going to be talking about colon cancer and a phenomena that is happening, and it's really not quite clear why. Colon cancer is developing in young men, and I'll talk about that uh, in just a little bit. But what I want to chat with uh, all of you now, really, four strategies to lose weight. Now, a lot of what we discuss here in, in the health and wellness space, more or less, is about nutrition and weight loss because obesity, if you look at it that way, is the root cause of so many chronic illnesses. So study after study comes out that it is the obesity crisis that is driving heart disease, cancer, depression, Alzheimer's, kidney disease. Of course, fatty liver, the thing that I, the condition I take care of. Uh, and so losing weight is the 
the best way to cut down your chances of having some chronic uh, disease issues. And really, the four things are as follows. Number one, you need to get more sleep. And there are numerous very good studies that show if you are not getting enough sleep, number one, that triggers a lot of inflammation in your body. Inflammation is bad. The other thing is, and and this was um, uh, a recent study that came out, that the longer you are awake, meaning the less you are actually sleeping, the more you eat. The more you eat. And so... Staying up and not getting your rest is actually a risk factor for eating more. And so we have to watch that. Now, going to sleep earlier or getting more sleep is not that easy. It can be done. And what I would suggest is, number one, you have to have a plan. Meaning, such as tonight after the program, You're with your family, you're with your significant other, you're with yourself. Have a conversation in the mirror tonight with yourself and say, I am going to get more sleep. And you have to set a time that you're going to go to sleep. And if you normally go to bed at 11 or 11.30, back it up by 10 or 15 minutes and say, tonight I'm going to go to bed that much earlier. And do that for a week or two. And then you, you cut off another 10, 15 minutes. And before you know it, you get the seven plus hours of sleep that you need. The second thing is exercise. A lot has been written about the high intensity interval training. So you don't have to run for an hour and a half. Seven to 10 minutes of a intense exercise does more for you. And so the effect of the the, uh, exercise is not better if you go longer. It really is the quality, not the quantity. Because with this high-intensity workout, even after you stop the exercise, whether it's cross-train, Stairmaster, uh, rowing machine, whatever it is, the beneficial metabolic effects are going to stay with you. And so you'll be, in a sense, burning energy and burning fat all, all day long. So look at how you could get involved in some high-intensity exercise. The last thing, then we're going to take a break and I'll pick it up afterwards, is fasting. There is a lot of pretty good discussion about only eating eight hours a day and the other 16 you're fasting. And while the, the dogma had been breakfast is the best meal of the day, There is now some thought that maybe breakfast is not the top meal of the day, but that if you wait until lunch and do not eat anything after dinner, it is the snacking, the nibbling, the raiding of the refrigerator that's really killing us. And so you have to look at that. There's a lot of stuff that's um, written about only eating for a certain amount uh, of time during the day. It's very, uh, it's, it's very interesting. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the eating component of this. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., you should be seated or standing or exercising, but listening to your health first. That's a pledge I hope you make to yourself. Don't forget, go to drjogalati.com. Sign up for a newsletter and all that we have to offer there. So in the last segment, I was talking about four ways to lose about 10, 15 pounds. The last one was this idea of fasting. Look it up. There is uh, a fair amount of information out there, only eating for about eight, eight hours a day. And I would say, only because I, I know from my patients, people are eating all night snacking, they're going out, and there's the dessert. Stop doing that. Last thing is is the food that you're eating is key. Obviously, if you know me, if you follow this program, I am totally against any processed food. It needs to be a plant-based diet, which is code for fiber, dietary fiber. You need to consume 35 to 40 grams of fiber a day, That is a load. That is a lot. Now, how do you get that? I wrote uh, an article. It's on drjogalati.com under the, the blog page. It's one of the earlier posts that I have, but take a look at that. If you read that and and follow it, you will be able to incorporate all the fiber you need. And the the main thing is that you the when you're eating unprocessed food, when you're eating food high in fiber, you're going to be chewing a lot. It's going to take more time for you to get that down. And that is what is going to reduce your desire and your your hunger pangs, all right? Taking your time and chewing. The problem is the manufactured food, their goal is for you not to chew. They want this food to melt in your mouth, basically. And so chewing food is good to control weight loss. So those are the four things. More sleep, high-intensity exercise, think about fasting, and getting more fiber. Okay? Now, the, the, the next thing before uh, we take a break here has to do with colorectal cancer. And this is an alarming medical problem that, that truly affects all of us. If you are in that age range, or if you have children, grandchildren that are in the age range, you really need them to listen up. I will be posting more information about this on Facebook and the website in uh, probably in the next two days. So I would say stay tuned. So keep in mind that colon cancer is the third most common new cancer in men behind prostate and lung. And while it is declining in older men, it is increasing significantly in men born around 1990. There is a twice as much increased risk for colon cancer and a four times risk for rectal cancer. And they're estimating that by 2030, there'll be a 90% increase risk in colon cancer, especially in those 20 to 34 years old. This is absolutely unheard of. 
And the oncologists and the researchers are thinking that maybe the colon cancer that the colon cancer your dad had, the colon cancer that we had been used to may be in a way mutating and morphing into a slightly different type of of cancer. Now, the question is why? Why is it that now all of a sudden colon cancer is becoming a problem in young men and women, but a little bit more in young men? They believe it has to do with, drum roll, the food we're eating. Okay, it has to do, they believe, at least one part of it, and this is a very, very, very complicated problem to try to dissect and understand, but they believe at the root of it may be the intestinal microbiome. So the microbiome are the the trillions of bacteria that are in our digestive tract, and depending on whether or not you have the good bacteria that we were meant to have or the bad bacteria, it may positively or negatively affect the cells and the tissue in the colon, putting you at more or less risk. Changes in the microbiome are found to take place with processed foods, artificial sweeteners, Uh, all sorts of different things. But the best thing you could do is keep your weight down, eat unprocessed foods, more vegetables, high fiber, reduce the amount of sugar, meat, artificial sweeteners, lose weight, and exercise. Now, you may look at that and say, well, gee, that's what we should be doing anyway. But unfortunately, we're not. Obesity is running out of control. People are eating more and more processed foods. And the excuses that people are coming up with or the the discussions, you know, if you want to call it an excuse, that may be the more harsh approach. People are making up excuses. Or you could say, this is what they're telling me. Call it an excuse or just a statement. You be the judge of that. But they're telling me they're too busy. They don't want to clean up. Too much of a hassle. It's easier to go uh, into some restaurant and pick up food that's practically cooked for them. And they could eat it and go on with their day. And what I have said, and this is why certainly the book Eating Yourself Sick, I get into this in a fair amount of detail, Eating has become basically a checkoff item for the day. There is no thought. There is no input. There is no higher thinking to say, what am I going to eat and is it good for me? It's just basically, I got to eat. Oh, this is food. I could stop in, walk in, plink down my credit card, pay on my phone. So you have to think. We are uh, certainly eating ourselves into a lot of uh, illness here. And so the other, the other main thing is not to ignore symptoms. So you may be 30 years old and you have blood in your stool. Conventional wisdom would think, oh, it's a hemorrhoid 
or I was a little constipated and a little bit of straining and I'm bleeding. The first thing out of your head may not be, oh my gosh, I've got colon cancer, I've got rectal cancer. But I think what you need to do, if you have to be persistent, and this is where you, the listener, the consumer, has to really be on top of the game here. Where if you are having rectal bleeding, a change in the character of your stools, meaning your stools are coming out smaller, pencil-like, ribbon-like. And I got to tell you, a lot of people, a lot of my patients don't look at their stools. I call them the non-lookers, as opposed to the people that do look. I would advise everybody to look at your stool. But if you have narrow stool, blood on it, crampy abdominal pain, maybe some nausea, and you go to the doctor and you say, hey, I've got these symptoms and I got some blood. And they're like, well, look at you. You you just finished an Ironman. You're healthy as ever. It's probably something. Don't worry about it. Take some suppositories and you'll be fine. No, you have to be persistent. It could be later stage rectal cancer. All right, we're going to take a break. News is up. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Go to drjogalati.com. You know, the one thing I forgot to mention was that because of all of this change in colon cancer uh, incidents, about six months ago, the screening age for colon cancer has changed from 50 years old to 45. And so if you are 45, not 50, it is time to start asking about getting screened for colon cancer with a colonoscopy or one of a few other modalities. So make a note of that. Monday, if you're 45 or older, you need to call your doc and start getting uh, having that conversation. Or, of course, a lot of uh, a lot of listeners come come to see me. It's always, it's always pretty nice. I say, oh, you're here for colon cancer screening. Yeah, we heard you on the radio. Um, yep, been here 17 years. All right. Um, what we have is uh, some articles in the news that caught my eye. Uh, the first one is there is a uh, young guy from Illinois. He may be the first U.S. death tied to vaping. And they feel that this person developed a rather severe, obviously life-threatening, life-ending lung infection from vaping. They also feel that the person developed some respiratory burns from the vaping, which may have further injured their lungs. And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said Friday that 193 people in 22 states have contracted severe respiratory illnesses from vaping. They're not quite sure how this is happening, but the main, the main point here, everybody, vaping is not necessarily a safe alternative to smoking. There's a lot of controversy here. People say, well, what would you rather have? People smoking cigarettes and cigars and pipes? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that I don't think we know it all. And we have to proceed with caution. All right. So the month of August is 
Immunization Awareness Month. And a lot of people think that vaccines are just for kids. Just for little kids, kids going to school. But what I have posted, and this is on the yourhealthfirst.com site, is, and I believe it's on uh, uh, Facebook as well, it is from the Centers for Disease Control, the recommended adult immunization schedule for ages 19 or older. Now, what do you do with this information? Number one, download it and look at it. And the very first page has a list of all of the adult vaccines we all need to get, ranging from Haemophilus, Haemophilus influenza, hepatitis A, hepatitis B. Trust me, you don't want to get hepatitis A or B. It is completely preventable. Human papillomavirus. Of course, we're coming up to the flu vaccine. Mumps, measles, rubella. And unfortunately, we are now seeing more cases of measles for people that have not been immunized. Meningococcal, pneumococcal, tetanus, varicella, and zoster. Okay? And it goes through, it's very nice, very easy to follow. It goes through when in your life you're supposed to get this. And what I recommend every time we talk about vaccination, you want to print this out and bring a copy to your doctor or to your nurse practitioner or to the PA that you see. Show it to them and say, hi there. I'm 60. I've been seeing you for five years. Can you please go over with me? what vaccines I am due. This should be part of, at the very least, your annual well-woman, well-guy exam, your annual checkup, and to have this conversation. And if they don't have the records or the, the documentation, start then. Say, look, let's start with hepatitis A and B vaccine. Flu vaccine, let's get that. Depending on your age and other underlying conditions, pneumococcal, varicella, things like that. So if you do not have this, as far as the, the, the menu, the directory of what you need, you're going to be lost. That's why I want you all to have this information available. All right? So you get it off the Facebook or yourhealthfirst.com. But simply go to drjogalotti.com and you'll see all the, uh, the jump-off sites. All right, another article, diabetes could raise cancer risk because of how high blood sugar affects your DNA, your genetic material. And what they found that high levels of blood glucose appear to spike how much damage DNA suffers, according to researchers at City of Hope National Medical Center. Too much glucose in the blood also made DNA strands more prone to breaking. So these DNA strands have to be free of these breaks, which leads to mutations, something called a genomic instability, and this is the root cause of cancer. A bunch of abnormal cells, their DNA, their genetic material is messed up, and fast forward, you've got cancer. So again, another, another potential risk, of diabetes that's out of control, the high 
blood sugar. Last article. Pets, especially dogs, have a surprising effect on heart health. Now, there's been a a lot written how calming animals are, dogs and cats. I don't know about hamsters and fish. But certainly this article has to do with dogs. And what they found is that having a pet, in particular a dog, reduces your chances of having cardiovascular disease. And they found that people who own pets were healthier than non-pet owners and that the greatest benefits were experienced by dog owners. Of note, pet owners overall were more likely to be physically active and were found to have a better diet and glucose control. So give your dog or your cat a hug tonight and say, it's keeping daddy's heart healthy. How about that? It's Sunday night. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. Final segment coming up. Final segment of this week's Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We're going to be talking about lentils here in just a second. But Eddie Money, uh, we talked about that uh, during the news. Eddie Money, the rock legend. Do you have any Eddie Money there, Josh? I'm putting him on the spot here. Can you pull up an Eddie Money song? He's trying. He's the best. But anyway, cancer of the esophagus. And it had already metastasized to his liver. So not the best situation. But cancer of the esophagus is one of the cancers that is on the rise, especially the variety related to reflux, related to heartburn, GERD, something everybody has, all too common. Oh, yeah, I got GERD. Oh, yeah, I got GERD too. My wife has GERD. My father has GERD. My kids have GERD. Here we go. Here's a little Eddie Money. Everybody knows this song. And so, let's see what he says here. This is a great song. When you say, Josh, it is. So, the, the, the key take home here, and it, it probably is worth having one of my colleagues come in here to talk about esophageal cancer in a little bit more detail. Heartburn. Heartburn should not be something that you just accept with aging or eating or anything else like that. And the availability of these over-the-counter medicines, the purple pill, has, I think, created more of a problem because people are self-medicating themselves for years. And so, again, listen to your body. Heart burn to the degree that we are seeing is not normal. It just is not normal. Tied to obesity, tied to what we're eating. Um, and so just uh, your little public service announcement there. Poor Eddie Money. All right. So in the uh, next seven minutes or so, we're going to talk about lentils and we're going to talk about eggplant. Now, this weekend... I cook some lentils. And now 
reading out a recipe is not necessarily good radio. But I'm going to do it anyway. I want you to listen. Now, what I will promise you is, and there's a few promises I've left you with tonight. I'm going to post this on the website later this week. So go back to drjogalati.com and you will you will see it there. Maybe in the form of a video, maybe audio. Something will be up there with the the lentils recipe. But bear with me. The main thing here is that I would like all of you to challenge yourselves to get out of your comfort range and eat or make something that you're not familiar with eating. Why don't you try lentils? The things are so easy to make. You buy a bag at HEB or your grocer of choice for about $2.50. So it's a cheap food. And... There's controversy whether or not you should soak beans ahead of time. I did. I soaked them for about an hour. So you get a pot, fill it with water, and you soak your lentil beans. Now, to make the dish, which I looked at a recipe, but I sort of just sort of went off on my own. Get two carrots. Chop them up. Chop them into small pieces. Take an onion. Chop half of the onion. Just chop it up fine, or you could use a shallot, sort of like an onion. Take four cloves of garlic. Chop it up. Get a pan, or really a pot, two or three tablespoons of olive oil. Warm it up. Throw the chopped carrots, the onion, and the the garlic in there. Saute it for about four or five minutes. Let all the flavors mix in. And then, actually, what I did was I also threw in a chopped red pepper. So it's red pepper, carrot, onions, and garlic. Olive oil, saute it for a few minutes. And then you throw in the lentils with two cups of water. Bring it to a boil, and you let it simmer for about 40 minutes. Stir it occasionally. Now, at the end, when you're done, so far none of this is hard. None of this is taking a heck of a lot of time. But you know at the end, the end product, you're going to have a very nutritious food that you're going to eat for yourself and for your family. So once it is done, then you take a couple tablespoons of low-salt soy sauce. That's about the worst thing in it. And a tablespoon of Dijon mustard. You could add a pinch of salt and a little pepper, stir together, and it's delicious. My wife was eating it. She's not the biggest fan of lentils, but she was very polite to try it for me. She wanted to know how much sugar I added to it. And I said, not a drop. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, not a stitch of of sugar. And the sweetness, probably from the onions, probably from the pepper, and or the carrots together make this colossal explosion of taste. And there you have it. You can have it as a meal, which I did last night and today. You could have it as a side dish. You could throw it on some salad. Have it as a snack. 
Now, keep in mind that lentils is a nutritional powerhouse with regard to fiber. It is low in glycemic index, so if you're diabetic, it's not going to raise your sugar. It is loaded with folate copper. Gives you 50, 56% of your fiber in a serving. Phosphorus, magnesium, iron, all of the things that I talked about earlier about trying to lose weight, you can get by this lentil dish. Now, a lot of people might say, I don't like lentils. I don't eat lentils. Try it. You got to try it a couple times before you could actually declare that this stuff is disgusting and you're not going to eat it. But when you look at it to say, this is something that I am going to feed myself and it is good for me. Cut down on my diabetes and heart disease. It'll lower your cholesterol for sure. Get your glucose in check. The other food is an, a Sicilian eggplant dish, which we're not going to have too much time to get into. But this is a dish called caponata. If you go to a Sicilian household, everybody has this made. Everybody's recipe is a little different. I have made it, God, probably about four times since I've been back from Sicily in June. And I sort of add a little, take away a little bit, different ingredients. You could have olives, you could have raisins. It's really terrific. I'll talk about this next week. But I, I think that the main thing to leave you with here today, which I talk about all the time to my patients, other people I'm speaking with, and certainly all of you, you have to get out of your comfort zone and try different things. This notion that making this simple little lentil dish is hard, messy, takes up too much time, does not hold any water. Does not. I'm not going to accept the excuse that it's too much work and it's, it's a mess to make. You can knock this off in 10 minutes cutting everything up. You have to sit around for 30, 40 minutes, but you're going to be doing something else. You can go exercise. And then you have all of this food, two cups worth of lentils, for probably about four days. You don't have to worry about what's for dinner, Mom. And you give it to your kids, and you're going to get that feeling that you really have done something well for them. All right. So with that said, we covered a lot today. Four strategies to lose weight. Colon cancer in young men. Colon cancer screening starts at age 45. We talked about vaping and getting your vaccine and now how to make lentils. What could be better? I'm Dr. Joe Galati. We'll see you next Sunday. Don't forget, everybody, drjoegalati.com. See you then. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.